What's going on, Bo? What's up? What's happening? What's happening? <laughs> this is totally spur of the moment, which is the best thing on YouTube, right? Like the spur of the moment stuff is the best stuff. Absolutely. Um, you know, when I, I do a show every morning and uh, it, it just started because it was during COVID, during the pandemic. And I just wanted to use my voice because most of my work was being done via email and a yeah. few phone calls, but I didn't have that interaction. And so it's like, and I have a broadcasting background. I, I bought a microphone that ironically I'm not using right now, but it's like, I need to use this and and jump on. And, and now I have an audience every morning and it's kind of like, it's my, it's my co- It's my morning coffee at the the gas station or the, the local cafe. Wow. Um, you know, we all drink our coffee and, and just talk cards. And usually when I don't have, like when it's just off the top of my head, off the cuff, those are the best conversations. The chat's lively. We just talk about anything and everything. And, and that's kind of, that's usually where the, the best content comes from. For sure. Yeah. Mike and I will laugh because we'll put out an episode on bench clear and then it'll be the one we like think about the last, like the least amount. It'll be like, Hey, this is a good topic. Let's record. And we'll get like 5,000 views and then we'll work hard on an episode for weeks and it'll get like 300 views. And we're like, this is ridiculous, man. Exactly. Stop overthinking this stuff. Yeah. Well, man, we're, so we're doing two things. Uh, recording an episode, I wanted to tell your story of how you shifted to full-time. A lot, a lot of folks have always, many folks dream about going full-time in cards. Some people don't know the reality of that. So I wanted you to tell your story, which we'll do. But this is meant just to talk Q&A. If people have questions about eBay, they can. But I had some just random eBay questions I thought would be really fun to put out for people to hear because, dude, you got a massive store. You got 10,000 as of this recording, 10,377 items. You probably sold like 20 since we started. <laughs> a few. I've got a few notifications. Look at you. So that, there's a good question. Do you turn notifications on just for like sold items or do you do bids too? Uh, just so I just do buy it now. Like everything is buy it now. I, I rarely okay. run auctions. So, okay. um, so the notifications do pop up and um, I, I always mute my phone because otherwise it would just be, although I love hearing that the, 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 the audio with eBay is oh, like, yeah. cha-ching, it's like a cash register. And I, I love hearing that. <laughs> um, but you know, it'd be, it'd be going off all the time. And, you know, yeah. some, some of the cha-chings are a little more than, than others. And, and a lot of my stuff is lower, lower dollars. So a lot of my cha-chings are, you know, a few bucks here and there. So yeah, yeah there's a lot of notifications going on. Yeah. Well, it's crazy because I, I looked at your store and there'll be links in the show notes, guys, if anyone wants to check out what Bo's doing. Um, I mean, and your highest price item, I think, as of today was like a hundred bucks. Is that right? Did I write that down right? I Probably. Yeah. yeah. 10,000 items, not one over a hundred dollars. Yeah. It's this is the true it, like definition of quantity seller. Absolutely. And, and that's my niche. I've always been, I've always been a, a quantity over quality um, with my Cubs collection. You know, I do have a collection on the side of Chicago Cubs cards. I've, I've become more quality driven. Um, you know, I've, I've got 750,000 Cubs cards and, you know, I, I've got hundreds and hundreds of an 89 tops copies. So, you know, I'm, I'm turning away from some purchases to, to buy the quality, but I've always been a low dollar buyer and seller. And that's, that's my niche. I mean, that's, that's where, that's what I know. I would be lost if I, you know, sometimes I'll have people offer me like you buy bulk and it's a lot of like, 
you know, ultra modern high end stuff. And it's like, I don't, I don't, this isn't my market. I, I know mm. what I know and I'm just going to stay in my lane and, you know, maybe down the road, if I want to dabble, you know, get some, some extra capital built in the business, then start to, to educate myself more on, you know, what's, what's moving on, on higher dollar stuff. But yeah. right now I'm having good success moving, moving low dollar stuff. And, you know, I, I know what to buy and, you know, I know what's going to sell. So there's always some, some surprises, which is a good thing too. Yeah, absolutely. And, and side note for those that are popping in, feel free to ask questions. The point is to throw some questions out there. GK, good to see you, man. Um, yeah. So, so many questions. And when, when did you realize that your niche was going to be kind of low dollar, high volume? Was it from the beginning you knew that's kind of what your specialty was? Or did you kind of figure things out as you were selling thinking, okay, I'm going to focus on this? You know, it probably wasn't until the pandemic when everything sold. And I think that's yeah. when a lot of people, you know, when, you know, selling, it's like, wow, every everything is selling it at crazy prices. The good thing with yeah. what I'm doing is there, there wasn't a huge boom on, you know, a 1991 Fleer Berry Bonds card. You know, it, it was now five years ago, you couldn't move that Berry Bonds card at all. Um, but during the, the COVID boom, all of a sudden, some of this junk wax was selling 80s, 90s. Why? Because guys our age didn't have anything else to do because they were stuck yeah. at home. They were getting into their closets, the basements, pulling out cards. And a lot of those guys and gals have stuck around and, you know, they're adding to their collection because they, you know, their mom sold it at a garage sale 25 <laughs> years ago, or, you know, they gave it to the neighbor kid, you know, when they went off to college. And so now yeah. they're trying to, to buy back those cards and those junk wax cards just aren't, they're not worth anything, you know, when we're talking 89, 90, 91. So I started noticing some of those cards were selling. Okay. Uh, and you see behind me, I, I, I accumulated about 2 million cards from buying collections and, and small dollar collections, fill my truck for a few hundred bucks. Um, and, and my wife was, every time I brought a new load home, my wife's like, how you're bringing in a lot more than yeah. you're selling. And then COVID hit. And now I'm moving out a lot more cards and, and selling a lot more cards. And that's, that's when it really hit me that I think there's some, you know, I think there's something, um, you know, with this where I can, I can really make something out of this, um, especially with, you know, the inventory inventory. And I found a lot of, a lot of stuff, basketball, I didn't know much about. And I yep. learned about first year prism cards and I had a box of them, um, not unopened, but just a box of singles and, you know, made a, a nice chunk of change selling some of that stuff that I had sitting in a closet um, that helped me, you know, obtain more inventory and, and buying more bulk and just, you know, just scaling up that way. Yeah. Yeah. So you went into it with massive amounts of inventory already. So you knew like when you quit your job in October, you knew that at the very least you have enough inventory to kind of carry you through if the numbers hold up. So you could take that leap. So a lot of people don't have that. And, and John O Gates, thanks for jumping in as well. Um, how much inventory do you have? Like you talking millions? Yeah. So I, when I started, um, you know, I haven't obtained huge collections because not too many people were selling collections um, yeah. in the last you know year and a half too, because of, you know, of, of what we've seen with the market. Um, 
but I've still, I've picked up a couple, you know, uh, well, one goodwill lot. I just bought another one yesterday. Um, so that's, you know, 150,000 cards here and there, but you know, yeah. it's probably somewhere in the vicinity of 2.5 million, um, total cards. Um, so went into it with about 2 million and, you know, I've probably added a half million over the last year, buying a bunch of different, you know, small, you know, bargain boxes. I'll go up to dealers at card shows, buy bargain boxes, you know, and piece those out. So that's kind of how, how I acquire stuff. Gotcha. So when you, when you look at stuff, do you, do you kind of, uh, I mean, Goodwill is one thing, right? Cause it's, mm-hmm. you get what you get. Um, when you, when you see a collection, are you calculating ROI kind of immediately now? Or are you just getting the bottom dollar knowing that you're going to piece this thing out over the course of three months and, you, and you're fine with that? What's yep. kind of your approach to collections? So, and I've, I've, I've kind of always, I've always had the, you know, I've sold cards. I was on eBay back in, I think my, my first eBay user was 1998. Um, wow. On, on web TV, if anybody remembers <laughs> web TV, oh, yeah. uh, that was my first internet. So, um, you know, I was, I was buying and selling cards when I was in high school in the, in the late nineties. And it's, yeah. I've always kind of had that entrepreneurial when it comes to cards. And so I've always looked at, at, you know, when I, when I buy collections, kind of my key is, you know, if I spend say a thousand dollars on a, you know, a small collection, um, you know, and, and this is like high volume, high quantity, but there's a 1978 tops complete set and there's a 1982 tops complete set. I know that, you know, I can piece, you know, this, the 78 top set will sell for, you know, X amount, X yeah. amount. I can piece out some of the other stuff, sell the Cal Ripken junior rookie, you know, and I want to get some of the, the higher, you know, to me, higher dollar cards, 20, 30, 40, 50 and above, um, try to get to that break even point. So try to get to a thousand dollars on a few sales as opposed to, you know, a hundred sales or 500 sales to get to, um, that thousand dollars back recouped. So that's kind of how I approach it. You know, I want the good stuff to basically get me to break even everything else is, is profit. So then I have to work, uh, to sell. It's also a motivator because, okay, it was easy to break even, but now if I want to make money, I have to, I have to grind and I have to, I have to sell those dollar cards. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, I, I struggle with that now when I buy collections, cause I, I, I gravitate towards, okay, let's figure out how to get back to break even as, as quick as I can. But some of those collections, you know, like it's, it's a grind. It is it's a grind. And then you start thinking, okay, what, what's your hourly rate going to be truly when you start figuring this out. And I almost scared, I'm scared to look sometimes when my hourly rate is. <laughs> That's that same here. Um, and, and I try to look at it as, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing well with, you know, the, the sales, but I'm also working way more, uh, than, than what I was, you know, when I was doing it full time. And sometimes it's, you have a slower day on eBay and it's like, oh man, you know, yeah. maybe I should go back into the workforce and, you know, what can I do um, how much, you know, what's the threshold of, of what I can do on the side. Um, but you know, there, I don't want to consider that cause I'm having too much fun doing this. And, um, it's, you know, I, I started and it was good because I started, you know, October 15th was, you know, my, my first full, you know, full on day doing it full time. And that's going into my specialty is baseball. So where are we at in baseball? You know, not only, are we in the off season going yeah. into sp- spring training? Well, the minor leagues are, um, but now we're in a lockout. And so 
I went into this full time, you know, not only going into the off season where baseball card sales are the slowest, but now we're in a lockout and it, it looks pretty, you know, bleak at this point with only four days until games might get canceled. So um, I just, that's, that's one thing that I kind of treat kind of, kind of, keep at the top of my of my mind you know when when sales may be you know in a slump is that hey this is we're in a lockout we're in the off season um you know once baseball gets rolling again um yeah. sales will pick up you so i think when i look at the charts and i've broken these down many times it like october november was basically where we bought them back out in the sports card world after the peak in february yeah you literally could not have picked a worse time to start the transition. And, and, and that's, it's, it's great that you bring that up because it's also the best time. And I say that because it allows me to scale. It allows me to be able to split my time, both listing cards and shipping and, and, you know, the actual sales portion. So it allows me a little extra time to, to build that store. When I started, I I have it written on my whiteboard somewhere. I think I had 3000, I was right around 3000 listings, um, when it started, uh, when okay. I started back in October. So I've been able to scale up over 10,000, you know, while still selling an average of, you know, 80 cards a day, somewhere in that vicinity. So, um, you know, I think if it was right in the middle of the season, when, when card sales are booming, I'm kind of, you know, I'm kind of chasing my own tail. Um, so I think the the timing of it, you know, while it sounds kind of like, <laughs> while it sounds, why would you do it at this time? Um, I think it, it was, pretty beneficial just to be able to scale up for the off season months where I can really build that store up and, and be ready for uh, when baseball sales start picking back up in the first part of the year. For sure. Well, and it also, if you, it, it helps you build a little confidence knowing that if you can survive the worst of the months, you know, the best of the months are going to be really nice. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, and I always I run um, projections on a daily basis and, and look at okay this if I scale to you know my 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 listings and I run everything on the ninety day you know the ninety day cycle that you see in your yeah. app on your eBay app and I'll yeah. I'll take my total listings I'll divide it out by how many items have sold in the last ninety days divide that by my um, active inventory um, that gives me the uh, the average sales and and you know, I'm moving. So here's here's another thing, and we talked about this before off the year. I was moving uh, during the peak February March. I was selling um, 2.3 percent of my inventory on a daily basis. So 2.3 percent of my active listings were turning over on a daily so, so basis. So your sell through rate was 2.3. Yeah, and uh, and now it's 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 around 0.75. It's about three quarters of a percent now. Um, and it varies based on how many, you know, if, if I go on a barrage and list a thousand items in a couple of days, you know, that number is going to dip to about 0.7%, but, um, but yeah, right now it's about 0.75%. Do you know what the average sell through rate is on eBay? I don't. It's 1%. Interesting. Okay. So pretty, pretty close to average. Yeah. Yeah, it's. It, I mean, when you said two point five percent or whatever, I, I mean yeah. that's an insane, yeah. especially since it's all fixed price. I mean that's, yep, that's that's crazy. I, I that puts things in perspective for sure. Real quick, Nate, good to see you. Thanks for popping in, uh, Jono. <laughs> Nineteen ninety eight eBay account. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Best card found in your your collections. You found the trout. 
rookie yep. in a goodwill yep. collection. Is that the best one you've uncovered in a collection? I think I think so. Um, I I pulled based on yeah, based on one card that would be the best card. Um, I bought a collection a Craig off Craigslist about two or three years ago, um, and it was a guy who was uh, a little older than us, probably in his probably hitting 50 right now. So about 10 years older than, than I am. So he, he was growing up in the late seventies, early eighties. Um, and he had a lot of unique items. He had a lot of unopened sports illustrated posters from the late seventies. He had a lot of the TCMA, um, sets from the seventies. Yeah. He was ordering a lot of stuff on catalogs. Um, just, it was, I went to his house and he had an asking price it was, it, it, he kind of had a, he, he didn't really list everything out very well on the Craigslist listing. He listed, you know, the 82 top set and, you know, it's got the Ripken. There was a Mickey Mantle life magazine. Um, and there was some other stuff and, uh, he had a price. It was like 900 bucks. And I go over and look and takes me into this room and it's filled. The, the room is filled. And then he's like, I've got this closet and it's filled. And I'm like, so what are you selling? He goes, all of it. And so usually I go in, if somebody's asking 900, I'm going to come in at like, I'll do five. And you, you know, you try to negotiate and sold. I'm like, I'll take it, you know, no hesitation. You know, I'll come back. It was a Sunday. So I didn't have the cash on me. I'm like, I'll hit the bank tomorrow. And I think Wednesday worked. And I found a lot of, there was a lot of stuff that had a lot of value that, I didn't have any idea one of the TCMA sets was uh, I can't remember what set it was, but it's, it's black bordered. It's a little larger than a, a standard size card. And it ended up selling for like 250 bucks. And it was, it was a set that was, it sat in a box um, for several months because I didn't think it had much value. And then I started going through and I'm like, I'm just going to see what, you know, what this is worth on eBay. And it's like, Oh crap, you know, 200 bucks, 250 bucks. So that was just, from a sheer volume of it was both quantity and quality. And I'm still to yeah. this day. And that was three years ago. It was February of 2019 when I bought that. And I'm still making sales almost on a daily basis of cards that were in that, were in that collection. So it was, it was a lot of fun because for me, I grew up in the late eighties, early nineties. So I'm seeing some of the, you know, yeah. some of the stuff in the late seventies, early eighties that, you know, was more oddball that, you know, I, that's not as common. You don't see it as much in some of these other collections. Crazy. Yeah. You know, sometimes people ask, Hey, if I go buy collections, what's kind of the approach I should take. And, and the first thing I always ask is, can you buy this with cash or are you swiping a credit card or something? Because if you're swiping a credit card and expecting to pay that back, you're in a, you know, world yep. of trouble because like that situation, you, you paid cash for it. Right. And you don't yeah. necessarily, get concerned about selling, you know, pieces of that for three years. You just slowly let that thing yep, fill your absolutely. Bank back up. <laughs> and that's, what's great about, you know, I do, I set up, a, I, I promote a card show in, in Madison, Wisconsin, and then I do a show in Rockford, Illinois. And, you know, a lot of times whenever I make a couple hundred bucks, I'll run to the, the, the guy with bargain boxes and be like, what do you got? And just, it's all, it's all from sales that, you know, I take 25 cent boxes and dollar boxes. So it's yeah. all stuff, you know, that I'm selling for 25 cents and either buying, you know, bulk inventory back before I was doing this full time, I'd go take and I'd buy a T206 Cubs card or, you know, some, <laughs> some fun, 
personal collection stuff. Now I've got to think of it more as a, as a business. So I, I, I keep those, those fun cards to, you know, I save those for a rainy day and, and pick those up down the road. But uh, yeah, yeah, I love using the, using the card show cash to just restock the inventory. Yeah. Yeah. G GK agrees. That's uh, that was, it's a crazy sell through rate. Um, two and a half percent referring to. So a lot of times people think that if you, you turn your hobby into a full-time job, you end up hating your hobby. What's kind of your response to that after doing this now for coming up on six months ish? You know, that was a, that was a, that was, I would say it was a fear, but it really wasn't for me. I, uh, my, my first career was in radio and broadcasting and I loved it. And I, I, I did sports. Um, I was sports director for, for several stations. I did play by play at the high school and college level. And I started my own website and this was early on in streaming back in you know 15 years ago. And I would just, I bought my own equipment and I would, if I had an off night, not doing a game for the radio station, I'd go do another game, you know, an internet only broadcast. And so it was kind of, you know, I was using my, you know, my job is, is my hobby on the side. So they, they worked really well together. So I had that background of, you know, not burning myself out with, you know, hobby slash work. Um, and so I, I guess it's just in my mindset. If, if I love something um, and, and I'm passionate about it, that selling these dollar cards and selling, you know, low end cards has always been fun for me. Um, even when, I can get behind and, you know, say I go to a Cubs game for a weekend and I come home to 250 items to ship, you yeah. know, yeah, it's, it's a drag, but you know what? And I always say this, you love steak. If you're a steak eater, you love steak, but if you have steak three meals a day, you're going to get tired of it. And there's, yeah. but you're still going to love steak. Um, you're just going to get tired of it. And there are those times where, you know, it's like, it's just a total grind and I'm doing nothing yeah. but shipping. Um, but how I try to, you know, I, I try to keep my mindset fresh by going back and forth. And I kind of have, you know, an ADD type personality at times where, you know, I'll get tired sitting in a chair for an hour. So I'll go upstairs, I'll list 50 cards. And as long as I'm doing that, as, as long as I'm breaking up the monotony, that's, that's key. So I'm not, you know, sitting in my chair down here in the basement, you know, shipping for eight hours, you know, I'll, I'll break it up and go upstairs uh, take the dog for a walk when it's, you know, not snowing um, yeah. and, you know, just kind of break it up the day. So I haven't really had that, but who knows, you know, maybe, maybe that does occur. I've only been doing this for what, four months now. So there may come a time uh, where, where it, it does kind of, you know, yeah. it loses, loses that fun, but so far I'm, I'm really having fun doing it. Yeah. And you, you come from the, the background of doing this on the side as a side hustle for years. So it's not like it's a surprise to you what you had to put into it. So you knew, and, and I would argue trying to do it as a side hustle with a full-time job, that's the true test. Because if you can right. grind it out for extra hours and still love it, yeah, it's probably a good sign when you go full-time, you'll probably love it just as much. Absolutely. You know? uh, all right. So some eBay specific questions here. Uh, Jono Gates, have either of you used Chrono Card for your inventory to post on eBay? Any thoughts on using it? So what what is kind of, and you can answer that question specifically, but maybe talk us through your listing process and what, what you typically do. So I, uh, and, and this is something where I've streamlined and, um, you know, listing, and, and I mentioned, you know, I, I can list 
five, 600 cards in a day. Um, but it's all about the process and, and streamlining that process. Um, so first having the inventory is, is key, having the cards, putting them together to, okay, I'm going to list baseball today. So I'll, I'll take a box still working through that last goodwill box. I've still got like a thousand cards to list. Um, so I've, I'll just take piles. I use file exchange, which is, is through eBay. Yeah. Basically it's just a spreadsheet and uh, you, you know, you fill everything out. A lot of my stuff's just default. Um, the only thing I change is, you know, the, the item description, actually the item description is default. The, the item title um, changes, yeah. obviously the price, you know, put in the team, the player, um, and then I'll type all that in. I use a, a Fujitsu scanner. That's one of those feed um, scanners. So yep. I can, I usually put 10, 10 cards in it's right through. Um, and those are on low dollar cards, higher dollar cards. I'm not using the, the you know, uh, feeding those through the scanner. I haven't had any damage um, due to this. Um, but, you know, I don't sell, you know, uh, if I'm not going to sell, send a, a $50 card in a plain white envelope, but a 1991 right. Barry Bonds. So kind of on that same mindset. Um, and then I use uh, for the, the the photo storage. I use Image Shack, um, and it's it's real simple. Actually, one of my one of my viewers on on my YouTube show gave me kind of a hack um, because it was it was difficult to get the right order on when the pictures uploaded. So he said, uh, upload the pictures first. Uh, so it's basically reverse engineering. Upload the pictures, and then based on the order they're in, you can type in the you know by page, 28 photos on a page, and then you can yeah. bulk copy and paste those links into your spreadsheet. And that saved a ton of time doing that. So that's kind of the process um, from start to finish. Wow. Um, I've done the the most I've done in one sitting. Uh, I did about 110, 120 listings from start to finish in one hour. So if I just, if I just grind through one hour, I can get over a hundred listings posted on eBay. That's crazy. So, um, HT sports, I see your question. We'll get to that here in a second, but, but a little more on that. Um, so, so you're not using chrono card, I guess, to answer the question. No, I, I have, I have in the past and chrono card is, is pretty similar to file exchange. It's, yeah. uh, if anybody's familiar with the old, uh, bulk lister from eBay, eBay had a, I think it was called turbo lister and yeah. this was going back 15 years ago. Um, and it's, it's kind of similar to that. Um, I think you get 50 free listings through chrono card, um, that upload automatically to eBay. And then you have to pay like a subscription. Um, chrono card is that's actually where I, I learned about the Fujitsu scanners um, was through chrono card. Um, so I, I have not used them in, in several years, um, but uh, it's, it's very similar bulk lister. Yeah. Um, it, I'm, I'm in the middle of testing out chrono card. Now I actually bought the Fujitsu. What did I buy? 7160 just nice. because yeah. of chrono card same thing it's like I'll, I'll give it a give it a whirl um i'm a mac user so i'm not having good success with it <laughs> let's, just, let's just leave it at that but it's funny you say 120 per hour so i had this epson v600 here where you know you the flatbed to scan a yep. lot of graded cards but but i get about 60 done per hour the okay, old school way with my flatbed that's that's still that's moving but you know the drill, man. When you when you put something on a flatbed, you got to go and crop out the image yep. and save it. It's it's not fun. Yep. It's not yep. fun. What what is your daily golden? Do you do you aim to get a certain amount of listings done? Do you block a time off and say I'm listing this much every single day? 
Yeah. So my, uh, so I, I keep, I try to keep it above my daily, uh, sales number. So right now it's around 80. So I, I shoot for a hundred per day. That way I'm, I'm continuing to grow, uh, the inventory. Um, so I don't, I don't slack off if, if I'm out of town for a weekend or if, you know, for whatever reason, I don't get any listed. Um, then the next day I just try to build on that and say, it's 200, I got to get 200 listings in today. Um, so that's just trying to keep above that, you know, that daily sales number. Gotcha. So you're at 10,377 listings, give or take. Do you have a goal that you're trying to get to in your store? I did. So when I set set out to do this back in October, my my goal was to shoot for fifty thousand by, <laughs> by October fifteenth, and it's February, and it's not looking too good for that. Just based on, I'm going to out to Arizona for spring training for a week next month. That's going to really because I'll have to shut my eBay store down for at least a few days. So that's yeah. really going to put a put a damper on things. Um, so that was that was pretty optimistic on my end. Um, I really thought I would, I would be able to, to hit that, but you know, the, the more you list, the more you sell and, you know, 0.75% of 10,000 and 0.75% of 20,000 is a, is a big number. And, you know, not only do you, do you have to continue scaling up on your active listings? Now you have to, uh, ship those increased number of packages out. Yeah. Yeah. And what people don't think about when it comes to bulk selling too, is that the more you have in your inventory and especially a guy like you who promotes like combining sales together, combine Mm -hmm. it, get a 15%. I think you do 15% discount if you buy, I don't know, five or more or whatever. Yep. You need to have inventory to do that or else it doesn't work. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, That's impressive, man. If you can get to 50,000 by the end of the year, I'm going to guess that puts you in the top five of largest like inventory wise card stores. I don't, I don't know. You know, I, there's some big ones out there, Burbank and uh, Greg Morris. Um, I, that that's interesting. I don't know what some of the, some of the high volume sellers are, but definitely worth a look to check out and, and see, cause I'm pretty competitive. So I'd like to, you know, try yeah. to, you know, climb the, climb the, climb the rankings, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, you and me both. Now I'm really curious. I'm, I'm writing that note down to see if I can figure out what the top stores are. Um, interesting. Do you do you monitor metrics every day? Like, do you go? I know you look on a 90 day trailing, but do you go into your seller's performance and like look at certain metrics, sell yeah. through everything else. Yeah, yep. I'm looking at those. Um, you know, kind of keeping an eye on you know the the performance. You know the you know sold with, you know, the, the shipping shipped by, you know, any, um, you know, all of those different metrics, you know, I'm, I'm always looking at the daily sales, um, you know, how much I made yesterday, um, how it compared to the last 30 days, um, the 90 day numbers I'm like monitoring like crazy, trying to project out, you know, where those, you know, if I do hit 50,000, these are, this is going to be the number. Um, and I do know if, if I get close to that, 50,000 active listing, I'll definitely have to hire, you know, some help, um, you know, because the, the shipping alone would, you know, that would be, you know, 0.75% of, of 50,000 is, you know, 300 some, I think. Um, so that's, <laughs> that's a daunting, that's a daunting oh. pile of, of envelopes to, to move. 
Yeah, I I was just doing the quick math. I mean, if you're averaging eighty a day, you're you're. I mean, you're you're pushing thirty thousand transactions this year. Yeah. Yep. And I did. I, mean, uh, I think last year was just shy of twenty thousand. Um, in nine ten months of the year, I was working full time. So. Um, that's kind of what gave me the motivation to actually do it. It's like, okay, if I, I'm working 50 hours a week, 40, 50 hours a week, um, with a job, you know, with a full-time job and just doing this on the side and this, these are the numbers that I can do, you know, losing yeah. 50 hours a week. You know, what can I do if I had those 50 hours? Would you say that you feel like opening up that time, freeing up that time is, is helping you drive the business the way you want, or has it been a little bit less exciting to you seeing how that time is being allocated? <laughs> a little bit of both. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, there's, I went into this with high expectations of, you know, you go from working in the office to now, Hey, I'm working for myself. I can, I can go to the card shop and I can go, <laughs> I can make these day trips. And it's like, no, if you do that, you're not making any money. And so yeah. I think that was the biggest eye opener and, you know, just allocating the time like, oh, I want to do. And I, I actually have uh, improved my YouTube channel a little bit, adding some more content to, to YouTube. So that's a step that I I have made. My website's been pretty much neglected since <laughs> since doing this. Um, but it's like, you know, the website's not making me, you know, it's making me pennies per day, you know, yeah. with the Google ads. But, you know, it's focus needs to go on building the eBay store because that's where, that's where the money's coming in. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, it was, it was definitely an eye opener. And in, in fact, I went to the card shop, started doing this full-time October 15th. Last Wednesday was the first time I had walked into a local card shop. Um, so we're talking four months um, of going full-time and here I had aspirations of, you know, oh, one day a week, I'll go to a different card shop, you know, throughout Southern Wisconsin and, Northern Illinois. Well, that, <laughs> those dreams were dashed quickly. Isn't that funny? Yeah. I mean, I know for me, I I've looked at just all the revenue streams that you can have and we have, you know, some YouTube channels and stuff and it's, they're good, right? A few hundred bucks. And you think when that time frees up, you can put it into something, but when you put it into something, you're giving up something else. Yep. The opportunity like in your cost. Case, it's exactly it. In your case, when you commit to like providing for your family through the sales of cards. Now you have to really think twice about what you're giving up because you, you need to pay your mortgage, right? You have to uh, yep. actually <laughs> put money in the bank. Yeah. That, that's, that's crazy. So um, I guess real quick GK's question there. Do you think that level of inventory triggers algorithms to increase sales? What are your I think, on that? I think it definitely does. Um, and I, I just think the constant activity within uh, within eBay um, helps with those algorithms, whether it's, you know, listing items, um, you know, responding to messages, updating items, just all of the touches uh, that you make within within eBay um, helps those algorithms and, you know, meeting those metrics and, and all of that. So I think, you know, it definitely does. And that's the thing where it's the, you know, the more just think of that 1% average sell-through rate, you know, 1% of a thousand is a lot less than 1% yeah. of 10,000. So it's all, it's all a numbers game. So, you know, the more, the more inventory, um, the more sales and, you know, hopefully the more uh, bulk sales through the volume discounts and all that. Yeah. Uh, Jono's asking a question about, uh, wrong question. Uh, HT's asking a question about standard envelope 
I'm a, you are standard level. Obviously, you're doing free yep. shipping on a dollar fifty card, so you're using the eBay standard level. Are you using thermal labels for that? I, I do for myself. Do you? Absolutely, man. That's okay. like the okay. that's one of the best. That's prop that and the Fujitsu scanner. Between those two things, I mean, the time and the money uh, that they save, and and I was kind of I was I was pretty stubborn. I didn't start using a thermal label printer until about a year and a half ago. And, you know, and I was still, I was doing some, some good volume going into it. And I was stubborn thinking I'm fast. I'm, I'm a fast writer. You know, I can write down the, the plain white envelopes really fast. And, uh, I was dead wrong. Um, (laughs) the, 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 the ease and the, the money, I mean, I don't have to go to target or Walmart or Best Buy to buy ink cartridges every month. Um, it's just, yeah, uh, anybody watching that does any type of sales or shipping, you know, I use the Brother QL 1100. You can use the 2x7 or the 4x6 labels. Um, but, yeah, absolutely. One I had 100%. I, I put a video out yesterday just about the – I broke down the numbers of what it saved me just last year. Oh, wow. And it was crazy. So I'm a, I'm a stickler for that type of data. Uh-huh. And – I only did, I did 6,200 transactions on my Breaker Culture eBay account. And I, after figuring out what I was doing the year before with cutting the label, taping the label, it saved me 85 hours of combined time <laughs> and, and, and $1,200 in extra cash in my pocket. Wow. Me. That's amazing. But like that's 6,100 transactions for you. The time savings yeah. would have, I mean, you optimize things, I'm sure, but just a couple seconds on each transaction yeah. adds up over the course of the year. It's time yeah. back in your, your bank. It's and that's amazing. what, you know, I, I, I get into a lot of, you know, discussions about, you know, different things. And a lot of people, you know, when you say, you know, spring for the extra 20 cents for a non-machinable stamp, you know, when it comes to, you know, standard, it's like, I don't need that non-machinable stamp because you, you shouldn't need it if it's, you know, if it meets all of the USPS um, yeah. and that that's a whole other discussion, but yeah. that 20 cents, like, yeah, on one transaction, it's only 20 cents, but think about it 80 times a day, you know, times yeah. 20 cents, you know, multiply that over 30 days for a month, 365 days a year. That's a lot of money in unnecessary expenses. Yeah, you're exactly right. It's, it's easy to lose sight of that until you do quantity and you, yeah. and you break down the numbers. All you need to do is type in an Excel spreadsheet and it'll justify just about anything for you. <laughs> <from these> decisions. <laughs> Um, all right. So Jono, again, great questions. How do you group your inventory together? I'd be curious to know this because I struggle with kind of how I group things, even now only listing 30 things a day. What do you do? What's kind of your quick system? I still struggle with it with over 10,000 listings. Um, and it's, it's, it's a constant struggle where the, the more I scale up, the, the more organized I have to be with the more inventory. Um, so baseball is, is, Baseball's the 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 one trading card that I have the most knowledge on. So yeah. I do everything by by year and then I break it down by by set. So and I, I love these uh, trading card dividers. Um, so I, I usually they're labeled, but I ran out of labels, so I started using the marker. So I break them down down by set and then you know sometimes I, I try to numerically, but that's kind of a time suck at times. Um, so unless I have like a, you know, a a huge, uh, pile, you know, I try to keep it just 
kind of sporadic, but then get down numerically if it's a, a big pile of cards. Football and basketball, I have less inventory um, and I have less knowledge on on those two sports. So those are listed by player last name, which I found is is easier. But if I did that for baseball, I probably have, you know, a hundred Ken Griffey Jr. cards in my eBay store. Um, So then I'd have to go, you know, search through a hundred Ken Griffey Jr. cards where, you know, if it's a 1992 tops, you know, it's, it's going to be much easier to find. So I know some people do it by, you know, almost like the Dewey decimal system. And uh, um, I just, I don't think my mind uh, would work well for that. You know, I I think the best, and this is the, the, it's, I think it's each individual thinks differently. And, you know, I think is, uh, you know, different ways work for different people. And I think the best way for me is, is my current process, but it's, it's definitely something I'm always thinking about trying to improve on, increase efficiency on, on organization. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I feel like every couple of months I switch my system because I think I can optimize it better. And then I kind of trash the other one and it, that works totally (laughs) against me. Um, I I've talked to JT triple crown who does like a do decimal too. And it's like, Oh my gosh, just the thought of learning that it's, yeah, I don't have time for it. I don't want to learn it. I need something a little easier, <laughs> but, but, but like optimizing that is so important because once again, you think about the extra 10 seconds, 20 seconds to go find a card on the back and multiply Absolutely. by 50. And it just makes sense to put something in place in the front end. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Interesting. Okay. So t- this is a two-part question that I think is good. And I have some thoughts on this too. What are your thoughts on third-party listing services? So let's answer that one first. Uh, I using frog exclusively. So it's funny he mentioned that. I've never used, I've never used ink frog or Shopify or, or any third party. Um, is ink frog. Okay. Is that like, is that for eBay? It is. You can send, okay. send to other platforms as well, which is going to be my second question. Oh, do you sell on other platforms? I don't. I don't. Okay, you don't either. So I don't use the full kind of full feature set of Inkfrog, okay. but but if you were, you could you could easily send it out to your Amazon account and stuff. Interesting. Which is cool. Yeah, I, I use it because I I like for two reasons. One, I have a nice template design in Inkfrog. I could probably go redesign that anywhere. But I I do a, I do mostly ten day auctions. I'm the opposite of you. I don't okay. do a lot of fixed price. Okay. Uh, and so. I don't like paying the 10 cents to schedule on eBay. So I use ink right. with what you schedule for free. Perfect. And I do fixed price, so I don't have to worry about the. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. Uh, what have you, have you dabbled in the 10 day, seven day? Like, have you thought about, do you send things to auctions sometimes or no? Sometimes I I've, I've done since I've gone full-time, I've done less. Um, I was <laughs> Zion and Ja, man, um, that kind of killed it for me. Um, I was buying when, when, and this was still during the the height um, of of the basketball market. You know, I bought a bunch of those NBA hoops premium stock, and I I did really well because I sold fast. Uh, yeah. But I was kind of I was kind of staggering my listings on certain players, which some of the some of the sales were just crazy, like Darius Baisley um, from the Thunder. I mean, one week and I would, I ran like five straight weeks of auctions on his just one card and it would vary from like $4 to like, I think he had a big game and it happened to end at the right time and it sold for 20 bucks. And then the next week it was down to six or seven. 
Um, but Zion and Jock killed me on, on auctions because like out of 10 auctions that I ran, like eight of them, seven of them were non-paid. And it's just like some of the, some of the new stuff, uh, new releases and hot players. Um, it's just tore, it's, it's turned me off with, with all the non-pay, uh, when it comes to auctions. So I don't have to deal with that for the most part with fixed price every once in a while, I'll get some non-pays on offers. You know, somebody yeah. reaches out, sends an offer and doesn't pay, which, uh, eBay is going to fix. Um, you know, that's going to be no longer a thing with their, the latest update they released. So, yeah. um, that's kind of turned me up, but sometimes it's, if it's stagnant inventory, I'll see it pop up and it's like, I just want to get rid of this. I'll throw it on an auction. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it, it probably is tough too. Cause the low dollar stuff, you just, it, it's hard to move that on auction. Cause you just have to have the yep. right buyer. That's just it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. My whole theory on that, I'm putting, I'm putting a video together on this now, like the 10 day versus the fixed it's, if I have a, a card, I think will sell for seven, I'll put it on for three fifty, and put it on 10 day. If it doesn't oh, nice. sell, it just goes into the fixed price bucket and I just switch it over to fixed price and let it go. Yep. But okay, it's working well now, but I'm, I'm starting to see the benefits of fixed price too, especially when it comes to like, just getting your hundred on for the day. If yep. you know your comps, which you and I both know pretty well are comps, yep. you know, it's not that hard. So good question there. Do you charge for shipping or offer free shipping? You charge free, you are free shipping exclusively, right? Yep. Exclusively free shipping. Um, the, the random times I'll run at auction. Um, usually I will charge if it's, and I guess I should say on, on cards, it's usually free shipping. If it's like a piece of memorabilia or something, I'll, yeah. I'll charge just to cover the, if it sells for 90, cause I do, I'm a big 99 cent start starting price. So if I, you know, list a, a bulky item for 99 cents, I don't want to get, I don't want it to sell for 99 cents and it costs $8 to, to ship it. So um, yeah. I will charge for shipping in that. So, but everything in my store, I believe it should be uh, free shipping. And, and that way you don't have to deal with, you know, shipping discounts and, and setting up those metrics. And uh, um, so uh, I do ship international, but I go through global uh, just to make things, yep. you know, much, much smoother. Um, yeah. That, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm becoming more of a fan of the eBay standard envelope. I was not a fan early on, but I, I what they've created is actually pretty impressive. It is. Um, it, it, and, it works. And, you know, the, it, it, as long as you don't look at the actual tracking <laughs> because and it's a benefit <laughs> and it's a benefit to sellers. Um, it's a benefit yeah. to sellers because I was a PWE shipper before standard envelope came along. Okay. And I saw very few, and that was from, you know, basically coming from a sport lots background where I sold on sport lots a lot, you know, 10, five, 10 years ago. And I'd send all these packages out PWE to sport lots buyers and none of them got lost, but you hmm. sell a couple on eBay and, oh, Hey, I never got this. What I've learned is many people who claim they haven't received an item are very unorganized. And they just look in their eBay app and it doesn't say delivered. So they assume it wasn't delivered. And oftentimes I will, you know, respond and I'll say, Hey, I shipped this out on February 18th and a few hours later. Oh, yep. I, I just misplaced it. And so I think a lot of people are just relying on that delivery status or that tracking yeah. status to, uh, to see. So I was big on PWE. I actually had very few 
item not received cases. And whenever I did, I would Google that username and blowout forums would pop up. And, you know, many, many instances that eBay user had done the same thing multiple times and they were exposed on blowout forums. Um, so then standard envelope comes along and it really, you know, protects the seller because now you, you offer tracking. It's not, you know, the, the most reliable, um, but you, you have that tracking and there's insurance. So if, if it, yeah. you prove that you shipped it and if somebody claims they don't have it, refund the money, file the insurance claim. And the, the few times I've filed an insurance claim, I had my, my money in the, uh, I had my refund from eBay or the insurance company, uh, within like 24 hours. So it's, it's great for sellers. Yeah. I was talking to one of our viewers, Dean Fox today, and he was telling me the same thing that, the the refund process with eBay standard envelope claims has been consistently less than 24 hours for him, which is yeah. crazy. Like that's the, yeah. the efficiency eBay has for that right now. That's really impressive. It is. To them. Um, my gosh, we've already gone 49 minutes. Oh my <laughs> goodness gracious. We could talk about stuff all day. A couple more questions. Do you allow buy it nows uh, or offers on your buy nows? You do, right? I do. Yep. I have. And, and I have that set as uh, as a default option in my uh, spreadsheets for file exchange. Um, so I do offer, I send out offers. If somebody's watching an item, I'll send an offer out. I usually, I do it throughout the day. I know some, I've heard some sellers will, will do like a mass um, offer at in the morning and one in the afternoon. I just do it throughout the day. If, if there's new watchers, um, I'll shoot them an offer. Gotcha. Um, yeah, uh, same here. I most of mine are auctions, but I don't, I don't ever put the offer, you know, option on an auction, which I think is the worst idea eBay ever had. <laughs> so people are still confused about that. Um, <laughs> there you go, Jason, look at you just influencing the masses. Awesome. Awesome. I appreciate that. Thank you. Very cool. Very cool. All right. So two more questions for you. Outline your typical day. A lot of people are going to watch this that are trying to move to full time. What's your typical day look like? How do you block it yeah, out? I uh, my when I went full time, I wanted to make sure I was structured um, and you know not not wear not throw on sweatpants, not shower, and and because for me, I have to I have to treat it like a work day. And I, I learned that just from lounging around on the weekend, and I felt that kind of anecdotal um, mm. that if I just came downstairs in sweatpants and a hoodie, it felt to me like I was getting less done. Whereas if I approached the day, like I was going to work, put jeans on, put a shirt on, came downstairs. I just, I felt like I was more uh, efficient with my work day. So that was number one. I wanted to be very structured. So I, I still have the same routine. In fact, I usually wake up a little earlier than what I did um, when I went, went into the office. Um, and then I'll, brew some coffee. I'll come downstairs. I do my, my morning YouTube show at 7 a.m. Um, and then once I finish that up, I'll, I'll do shipping, take care of that until about 10 a.m. And then, then it's kind of a wild card based on, you know, how much shipments I have to go out, how many listings I need to, to put on. And then throughout the day, I just kind of bounce back and forth, um, doing what I need to do. Amazing. Eight hour day for you. No, it's like, 14. <laughs> it's, it's, you're it's, not telling people it's, it's basically like six thirty AM to, and I think that's, I think it's important to, to tell people the, the, yeah. the, 
low down nasty truth because you know it's it's not an eight to five you know if uh it's i mean i'm 6 30 a.m is is when my day really starts and you know i'll you know i mean the benefits you're very it's flexible like if i want to you know i i ran to walmart today to to see if they stocked any aew wrestling cards um so i have that flexibility to go out do those things last wednesday went to the card shop um but on a typical typical day it's 6 30 a.m start time and then you know i'm i'm probably winding down between 8 and 9 p.m at night um usually i'm done by nine because i i go to bed early um so but yeah i'm i'm pretty much even if i'm on the couch my wife and i are watching netflix i probably have a stack of cards and i'm i'm just listing cards on my phone from the couch just always always on and that's that's just that's my uh you know that that's just kind of how i work that's how i my mind works oh your sweet wife having to deal with that (laughs) she's in real estate so she also has you know Uh, wild crazy work hours and you know she can be on the phone working a deal at 10 p.m so there you um, go yeah you get it she gets it uh it's a great segue into the last question and that is for those that are looking to go full-time into ebay reselling maybe it's not specifically sports cards but eBay reselling full-time, what would, after four months full-time, five months full-time, what would be some advice you would give them? I think a number one is do it as a side hustle first. Um, and, and know your, know your strengths and know your limitations. Um, and, and definitely, you know, be prepared, you know, have the inventory, um, you know, know what it takes, you know, from that standpoint, before really diving in because it can be, um, you know, I, I don't think if I had that background, I, you know, I, I don't think I would have, if I didn't have the inventory, um, a, um, with what I sell and, and it's not just selling, you know, I have my niche. Um, other people may have their own, whether it's, you know, grading or flipping higher end cards. Um, yeah. you know, just make sure you know your niche, you know, be, you know, be on top of your game when it, when it comes, you know, I, when I'm looking through boxes, I know what I, I can just see, you know, I know I'm going to sell this for two bucks. I know this is going to, I'm going to sell it for two bucks, but it might take a few months. Whereas this card might sell for two bucks as soon as I list it. Um, so just kind of, you know, be educated on what you plan, the, the, the path you plan to, to take. Um, but definitely practice um, as a side hustle first to get, get prepared to, to make that jump. Yeah, that, that is some great advice. Those that go blindly into it usually get burned pretty quick. Definitely. You got you to take your lumps and it's best to have a backup source or a primary <laughs> source as you take your lumps. Most definitely. <laughs> yeah, I can totally respect that. Um, what, what's, the, what's the next big Cubs card you're trying to get for your collection? I've got uh, my, my list has, has been growing. Uh, the Cap Anson, the Allen and Ginter 1887 Cap Anson, that's one it's the one that got away. I had, I had a price in mind that I was willing to pay last spring. Um, and it was about, it was listed on eBay for three times the price that I wanted to pay that I wanted to pay. Not that I thought it was worth, but the price that I was willing to pay. And I threw the offer and it was basically a low ball. You would consider if I, you know, if I said the numbers, you would, I would think it was, it was a low ball offer. And they countered. I thought it was going to be declined outright. They countered 
just a couple hundred bucks within my initial offer. And I should have, I should have pounced, but I had my, I had my number and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not a gambler, so I don't have that mentality. So when I have a number, that's my number. And I declined and I knew going into the national, I would see a couple copies. Um, and I did, I think I saw two, uh, maybe three. One was a higher grade, like a five. Another one was a one. Uh, but the back was all messed up. The one on eBay that I had a good price on that I could have accepted, uh, was a clean back, clean front. It was also an SGC one. Um, and he had, he had a price. It was the price he had on was double and it was a worse card. So I, I offered him more than my initial offer. And he goes, no. And he took about a hundred bucks off the price and he goes, and I probably wouldn't even sell it at that. So, and and, and now they're, you know, I mean, it's, it's going to, it's going to cost me two and a half to three times what I would have been able to buy it for last spring. So, um, but I will get it. And it's kind of one of those things where I'm thinking when I, when I reach a million Cubs cards, that's the one I want to have be the millionth because I've been, Oh, that's cool. I've I've been chasing it now. So that's yeah. that's at the top of the list. I, I totally dig that. And for those that didn't catch the intro, you're at like seven hundred something thousand cards now in your million card chase, which is truly one of a kind. That is a one of a kind <laughs> chase. <laughs> um, man, this has been super fun. Lots of great nuggets for those that are interested in selling cards on eBay. Um, thanks for digging digging into some of the the details that not, not many people want to talk about. Yeah, thanks for having me on. It's it's fun to talk about this stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we'll go check out your channel. For those that don't follow Bo on Twitter or on YouTube, go check out his daily show. All the links will be in the show notes. You're awesome, man. There you go. Look at that. Thanks. GK, fill up. Appreciate <laughs> thank it. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right, brother. Go enjoy your fam. All right. Thanks, man.